Hello, everyone, and welcome back to today's episode here on Movius Ministries Podcast. This is your friend, Josiah. This is season 21, episode 202, and uh, I am super excited to get into today's message. Um, It's been a day. I had a long day at work, and uh, I hope that you had a day that was filled with the Holy Spirit of whether you had a rough day, um, whether it was mentally or emotionally or physically, whatever, um, but that you sought the Lord in the midst of it all. And if you didn't, God is still right there, patiently waiting for you. (laughs) Because I know I've had those moments and God's had so much grace on me and his kindness has led me to repentance. Here on Mobius Ministries, I, with the help of the Holy Spirit, thank God, do my best to interpret scripture, help you grow in your intimacy with the Lord, and to encourage you to remain steadfast through tough seasons as we also continue to be prepared for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are new to my podcast or have been listening for quite some time now, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. Over two years ago, God told me to start this podcast and start using the teaching gift that he has given me, which I'm humbled by every time I get on here. I just pray that God's will would be evident in your life as we go through today's episode. That is all I want. I had to catch my breath there. Long day at work. I went to a Celebrate Recovery meeting and uh, went really well. Um, the verse of the day is Philippians 4, 6 through 7. And this is a pretty well-known verse, but um, out of the NIV, it says, do not be anxious about anything. You know what? I'm sorry. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. And the peace of God, the peace which reassures the heart, that peace, which transcends all understanding, that peace, which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours. It's beautiful because I love at the end, he says that this peace, it's yours, which means it doesn't believe it doesn't belong to those who are not born again, because it says in Christ Jesus and not everyone is in Christ. I do have a water in today's episode so that I can stay hydrated. So thank you very much for being patient with me. (laughs) Okay, let's open in prayer and then we will get into today's episode. Father, we come to you with humble hearts. God, I pray that you would just use this message again to form us more into the image of your son so that when he comes back, he would be glorified even more. Father, help us to put our hope in what is to come in the new Jerusalem. Help us to put our hope in our eternal salvation when Christ comes back. Help us to put our hope in that, God. God, we thank you that we can come to you with 
anything, anything on our hearts. There is nothing that you did not desire to not help us with. You desire to walk with us hand in hand. Lord, we love you because you first loved us. Jesus, you took the wrath that we deserve. How we are to stand in awe and amazement and experience the fear of the Lord in that. Father, I pray against the false teachers that my listener has experienced. Lord, you know who they are in Holy Spirit. I pray that you would refine their hearts to walk in what is true. God, I thank you that you use me as a broken human being. God, give me grace in this episode to speak truth. Father, I pray that in this episode, I would do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit through factional motives or strife, but give me an attitude of humility in today's episode, Lord. God, I just pray for the peace of the Holy Spirit to rest in this person's heart pray you'd protect them in their dream realms, that they would guard their hearts from sin, that they would practice righteousness, and that you would put your seed in people, Lord. Give us living understanding, Lord, and give us what we need tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, If you are a Spotify listener, there is a question posted below you can answer if you have a smartphone um, about this talk, as we're going to talk about having unselfish love towards the beloved, meaning those who are in the body of Christ, Um, or towards anyone, really, you could say either or, so... And if you have any questions or comments about today's sermon, you can email me at josiahmovius12 at yahoo.com. Beloved, I do not know everything, okay? Everything I've learned is by the grace of God, and I continue to grow in the grace of God by keeping keeping myself in a place of humility and not thinking too highly of myself. As much as our flesh can get in the way and we can be tempted to walk in that, we cannot rest in that. We cannot think that repentance is is ever redundant so unselfish love what does this mean well biblically speaking it means seeking out what is best for others no matter what today we're going to be looking at a few different ways to do this you guys have heard me quote galatians 6 1 for quite some time now but let's read it again through the amplified version because we're going to connect this verse with another verse in a second Brothers, if anyone is caught in any sin, remember the word brothers and remember the word anyone. We're going to come back to that. Follow along with me. Take notes. 
if you are, please do. Um, I don't think we're going to get into any Greek in today's episode based off me remembering, but if we do, then just be ready if you are taking notes. But brothers, remember that word. If anyone, remember that one as well, is caught in any sin, you who are spiritual, that is, you who are responsive to the guidance of the Spirit, are to restore such a person in a spirit of gentleness, not with a sense of superiority or self-righteousness, keeping a watchful eye on yourself so that you are not tempted as well. The two parts of this verse I want to look at is the words brothers and anyone. I remember doing a deep study on this verse and uh, and the whole chapter of Galatians 6. The message about Galatians 6.1 is episode 17, so near the very beginning of my podcast. Then the study of Galatians, just the whole chapter, chapter 6, is season 17, episode 178, if you want to look at that, just to let you know. During that time, we went through the whole book of Galatians, uh, season 17, and I really loved that study. Now, going back at the beginning of verse 1, when Paul says brothers, it seems he is talking to those who are led by the Holy Spirit. But then he says, anyone. And I looked at this word in the Greek, and okay, here we go, we're going to get into the Greek here. And the word anyone is the word anthropos, anthropos. I'm not sure how to, I'm not sure how to pronounce or how to spell that Greek word, but um, I have it spelt up here. I spell it in a certain way so that I know how to pronounce it, um, but I have it written here as A-N-T-H-O-W-P-A-S. A-N-T-H-O-W, like throw, P-A-S. That word, anyone, is the word anthropos in the Greek, and it can translate into a human being, whether male or female, uh, generically to include all human individuals. When I saw this definition, it made me scratch my head because Paul does say that we don't judge those outside of the church, 1 Corinthians 5.12. But is judging someone the same as restoring someone gently in their sin? I am confused on this, so as of the, as of the knowledge that I have on this, I would say we only do this to those who are being led by the Spirit. And what I mean by this is restoring someone gently. I have another passage of scripture that we will get that we will uh, look at here in a second um, to back up what I believe to say is true. Now let's get into some more Greek now. Uh, in verse one, where it says um, to restore such a person, the Greek word for restore is the word katragita. Crap, I didn't pronounce it right. It's katragizo. Katragizo. Now, this word is used as a verb, okay, which makes a lot of sense. You know, Paul's simplifying an action here. We will get into how it looks as an action of restoring someone gently in their sin. Um, but the definition is uh, for this word is to render, to mend what has been broken, to equip, arrange, adjust, to strengthen, complete, make one what he ought to be. And if you'd like to know how to spell this Greek word, katragizo, it's K-A-T-A-R-T-I-Z-O. K-A-T-A-R-T-I, 
Z-O. This should be our hearts when we see a brother or sister sin. Now, I would also say this, I think this can be cross-gendered. What I mean by that is a girl can come to a guy and restore someone in their sin and show them the right way to go. But if it is something like a sexual sin, this is something that should be dealt with in the same sexes. Now, how can we apply this? What does it look like to do Galatians 6 1 in a physical form? Let's look at Matthew 18, 15 through 19 out of the NIV. Matthew 18, 15 through 19. The title here is Dealing with Sin in the Church. That's part one of why I believe what I what I said previously. And we're gonna get more into that in a second here. And I do believe today will just be a part one. This will not be a part two message. I, I only have about 11, 12 pages for today's sermon. Verse 15, Jesus. this is Jesus speaking. If your brother or sister sins, remember that word sins, we're going to come back to that, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. That's just part of verse 15. But let's look at that for a second because there are moments where, say, um... Say, for instance, you're in a group of born-again believers, people who believe in Christ and are into it with the Holy Spirit. And someone just, you know, is like cussing like a sailor. Scripture says here it's not okay to call them out right there. It's going to embarrass them. It's going to put shame on them. It may even puff up other people's pride that are listening in on it. But if you go one-on-one... If you really think about it, you're really putting yourself in a place of humility as well. So to continue, if they listen to you, you have won them over. But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Now, I've got my on-hand Amplified Bible, um, and I'm going to look at this verse real quick because Jesus is quoting a verse in Deuteronomy here in case you're taking notes just so I can tell you Matthew 18 15 through 19 okay it does not tell me I think it's crap hang on I want to I want to tell you guys what verse this is what verse is Jesus quoting in Matthew 18, 15? I can't find it real quick. I can't find it. It's a verse in Deuteronomy. That's all I know. Um... Gosh darn it. I can't find it. You know what? Hang on. I'm going to check one more thing. Okay, here it is. Hang on, Matthew. Wait, wait, wait. 
I'm sorry guys, hang because I really want to tell you. Hang on. It's uh it's Deuteronomy 19:15, where Jesus says, But if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. Verse 16 here is quoting Deuteronomy 19:15. Just in case you're taking notes. Okay. Verse 17, if they, this is, this is, this is after, if you have to take them before two or three other witnesses, Jesus takes the next step to do, if this is still continuing, verse 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or tax collector. Um, Now remember that part at the end here where Jesus describes a pagan or tax collector, tax collector. We're going to come back to that and explain what that really means. You may already know, and that's fine. That's okay. Verse 18, Truly I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Now, I've even heard, um, I don't know this is, if this is actually true, but I've heard that Jesus is quoting from the book of Enoch right there in verse 18. Verse 19, Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for it will be done for them by my father in heaven for where two or three gather in my name there am i with them now i want to go off note real quick for verse 20 some of you guys have heard me talk about my spiritual mentor jim super grateful for him fears God, loves the Lord. He has really helped me a lot in my walk with Christ. Um, Jim, when I was kind of talking with Jim about understanding more context of scripture, he was telling me during that time that he was focusing more on that as well in his own alone time with God. And he mentioned this verse to me, verse 20, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And uh, he told me that that's a verse that's taken out of context a lot. And people will use this for church. People will use this uh, for that kind of stuff. But it seems here Jesus is talking about when you are um, reconciling, or whether it's reconciling or um, like it says here in verse, again, in context, 15, 16, and 17, uh, helping someone uh, not continue in sin, but really to show them uh, where they need to repent. Um, I love what um, what is uh, Costy Hin. Uh, he says that biblical love confronts sin, and I got this. I got that from a documentary uh, about about the American gospel. I'm not sure which one it was. I know I know they've got a couple, but um, he said that, and I really took that with me because it's true. It really is. Um, and then my buddy Brandon, uh, I told him to look up this verse for me. This was maybe under a month ago about what this verse means. And then he told me that it was uh, meant for reconciliation or, um, any type of sin that needs to be resolved. And I was like, oh, wow. Okay, cool. So now we really know the context of verse 20. I know the verse that's just kind of thrown around and, oh yeah, we don't have to really worry about what Jesus is saying behind it, which is wrong. So, okay. Now I said we would come back to this, but verse 15 where it says sins, I'm going to read the verse again. If your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault. 
just between the two of you. Some manuscripts say sins against you. So you can write that down if you want, if you're taking notes. It's this simple, beloved. This is doing Galatians 6 1. Matthew 18, 15 through 19. This is one way we can unselfishly seek the best for the body of Christ. Now, this verse we see at the beginning, Jesus says, your brother or sister. It is vital to know that he is talking about another believer. That I'm, I'm pretty firm on that, what Jesus is saying there. This is why I believe Galatians 6.1 is not for the unbeliever. Because when we look at verse 17, again, in context, Jesus says, if they still don't repent after doing the last step by listening to the church, treat them as a pagan or tax collector. The Amplified Version says treat them as a Gentile, which is a contextual thing to say at the time to refer to as a unbeliever. So that is why I believe Galatians 6.1 is is for uh, a a born-again believer to another born-again believer. Now, I am totally with you on this. Sometimes this can be very uncomfortable, but we have, we have been risen with Christ into a beautiful resurrection from death to life. We are spiritually made alive through Christ. We are, to, we are not to pick up that old man again. Um, I'm not going to share who this was, but I had to put uh, verse 16 into, into practice with someone in my life. Uh, I got together with an old pastor of mine and another person in my life, uh, and they did repent, and they we were able to bring peace. Pretty much, I kind of told my pastor about something that was going on between me and some other person, and uh, we got together and we talked, and we really were able to bring peace. And you know what, beloved? Like, we went over this recently, the, the Beatitudes, where Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of the Most High God. This is another variation where we can be the salt of the world. I had a movie night with my friends last night. My friend, my friends, uh, Chloe, Brooke, uh, Miles, uh, Helen, and my wonderful friend, Seth, who is so hilarious. And we watched this movie called The Gift. And this movie, let me look it up real quick. Hang on a second. This movie came out in 2015. It's a thriller and a mystery. This is probably the third or fourth time I've seen this movie, and every time it just keeps me on edge. It's it's super good. And in the movie, it really represents unforgiveness. I'm trying to remember why I'm bringing this up. I can't really remember. Um, oh, I mean the world continuously wants revenge they always want the last word because it puts themselves back in the place of pride and paul says you know ephesians 2 before you were saved you were following the prince of the air just doing you were you were your own sheep who went your own way like isaiah says but paul says now you've been called out of that so don't put that old man back on and so when we decide to make peace with people and to forgive, um, we're not being conformed by the ways of this world, Romans 12, 2. 
Ephesians 5, where we were imitating Christ. Um, Jesus says in Matthew 5, let your good deeds be made known among, uh, among all men. Um, I love that verse. I absolutely love that verse. Um, you know, and there, there, may, there may be other verses that you're coming up with that, you know, kind of back this up. So um, pretty much, I'll, I'll just give you a quick rundown of what the movie's about in case you don't know about it. You can watch it for free on Plex, but it does, um, like, every 10, 12 minutes, it comes with ads for, like, two and a half minutes. But when there were ads, we would play this uh, trivia game where I would give them a category and three clues, and then everyone would have to try and guess. We had such a blast. We did, like, Bible questions and stuff. It was super fun. Um, but pretty much, this guy gets married to this girl, and um, I should probably know their names in the movie, but I don't. Um... I think the wife's name is Robin, and his name is... I totally forget. It's so embarrassing. Okay. Anyway. And they just bought this new house. They moved from, I want to say, Chicago to L.A., and uh, the husband is working for a very high-end IT security company. And they buy this house, and they go to, like, a like Ikea kind of a store. Not Ikea itself, but you know what I mean. And he runs into this old guy that he used to go to school with. And pretty much the guy uh, who runs into the married guy wants revenge because of the bullying and the hurtful things that, that uh, he used to say to him. And the kid who was bullied, his name in the movie is Gordo. Um, and it's literally all about revenge. It's all about unforgiveness. And I'm, I'm looking at, I'm watching this movie and I'm like, this is such a big issue is unforgiveness and I want to encourage you with one thing because this really this really kind of broke through through in me and I'm, I'm pretty confident in this to be true but I I still have a few questions that run around through my mind but does forgiveness mean that we don't feel the anger in our hearts anymore I don't think so Because you can still have that hurt in your heart and still bless someone. Paul says in somewhere in Second Corinthians, he says, um, when we when we are cursed, we here, I'm just gonna try and pull it up real quick. First Corinthians four twelve. I'm just going to pull up 1 Corinthians 4. 1 Corinthians 4 is a really good chapter anyway. Okay, 1 Corinthians 4, 10, 12. No, 1 Corinthians 4, bro, not 1. Okay, hang on. When we are cursed, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we answer kindly. When we become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. That's forgiveness right there. It's turning aside your pride and saying, I am not going to walk in the ways of the flesh and I'm going to bless. I'm going to love. God says um, in Isaiah, I have forsaken my wrath for the sake of my name. I have he says, he says, I have restrained my wrath for the sake of my name. So, there it is. 
That's what I think forgiveness is. And you know what? I've also done some Greek study on the word forgive, uh, where Jesus says, you know, if you have, if you hold unforgiveness in your heart, that word is not being used as a noun. It's used as a verb. It's used as an action. So when you think about it that way, this is where I start to think what, what I'm saying right now is to be true. Now, again, I could be wrong because I've been wrong many times. And James says that we all fail in many different ways with our tongues. So yeah, this can be sometimes really uncomfortable, really trying to confront someone in their sin. And, I, and I, I'm like, Lord, is this really going on in the church? And we just went through Luke 6.30. Um, we're, we're about to get into Luke 6.31 here in a second. But I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. So yeah, if I'm sinning, I would want someone to call me out. So I want to treat them the same way. And when we're in these moments where when, when we do confront someone in their sin and we, and we restore them gently, not having a spirit of self-righteousness because we are still the same sinner they are. We are still saved by the same grace they are, by the same blood. So I would tell them, hey, I'm, I'm just treating you the way that I would, I would want to be treated. Beloved, that, that, that's something the world even just follows. The world is like, oh yeah, I want to be treated the way I want to be treated. Okay, well then I'm going to call you out on your sin. But do it in a gentle way. Paul says, Romans 2, 4, that God's kindness leads us to repentance. So yeah, it can be uncomfortable, but you know, God calls us out of our comfort zones. So um, I've had moments like these recently where I have had opportunities to call people out on their sin and pull them aside privately and haven't necessarily had the chance to every time, but... Maybe it's just something I need to pray about more and have more boldness to do it when I do it as well. But And really, like, like reassure them and tell them, hey, I'm no better than you. You can do the same thing to me. Like, seriously, tell them that. You have to, you have to put yourself in a place of humility so deeply when you do this. We went over how another way uh, we can show unselfish love is by lending money to other people and not having them pay us back. We talked about this last week. This is a very controversial thing in the world, but Jesus is too clear. Let's look at this again, beloved. Luke 6, 30 through 31, and then verses 34 through 36 out of the Amplified. Give to everyone who asks of you. Whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. Beloved, what's the Greek word for not? Probably not. <laughs> Do not demand it back. Don't think about it. Oh, oh, maybe maybe I can think about it, but maybe uh, maybe I can pray about it. No. Verse 31, treat others the way you want them to be treated. This is what I believe. You know what? This is what I believe Jesus is saying in this. He's saying, I know that you... Oh, man. Lord, keep me humble. I'm sorry. Please. Okay. I have a thought in my head, and I know, and I, and I know I have it here in my notes prepared. But I'm just trying to think about if I should say it now or not. So that's my anxiety. Okay. Give to everyone who asks of you. Whoever takes away what is yours, do not demand it back. 
treat others the way you'd want them to treat you. Now, if you, if someone paid for you, if you went out to eat and someone paid for your meal, you wouldn't want to pay them back. You would want to. Let, let, beloved, let's be honest with ourselves. You would not want to pay them back. You'd be like, could, could you pay for me, please? Because that, that would be really nice, right? It would be nice for them to treat you that way, right? So again, verse 31, beloved, do to others the way you want to be treated. There's no other way around it. There's no lead, There's no detour here. Verses 34 through 36, if you lend money out of the Amplified, if you lend money to those from whom you expect to receive it back, what credit is that to you? Beloved, if you remember, credit here in the Greek translates into reward. To continue, even sinners lend to sinners expecting to receive back the same amount. You want know what Jesus is saying at the end of verse 34? If you're expecting to receive back the same amount to what you lend them, you're you're acting as a sinner. What does 1 John 3 say? That we are to not practice sin. What does it mean to not practice sin? It means uh, there's no repentance. Verse 25, but love, that is, un- this is what I just said at the beginning, beloved, but love, that is, unselfishly seek the best or higher good for your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, for your reward will be great, rich and abundant, and you will be sons of the Most High, because he himself is kind and gracious and good to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, responsive, compassionate, and tender, just as your heavenly Father is merciful. And beloved, if you remember, like, when Jesus says those who practice these things, they are far-sighted and they are wise. He says that in Matthew 5 later on. Matthew 7, he says that after he gives the whole Sermon on the Mount. Now, I don't think I need to add to this. It is just way too clear. God does not call us to an easy, comfortable life. He calls us out of our comfort zone so that we can trust him more. He wants us to rely on him at all times. That doesn't mean that you're like paranoid throughout the day and like, oh my gosh, am I leaning on God? No. (laughs) No. He calls us out of our comfort zones so that we can trust him more. Then we see what he does, whether it's quickly or in years after, and then he gets all the glory because he is worthy of every bit of it. The only person who is allowed to be full of themselves is God. I do think that God is also humble. Jesus says that he's humble in heart in Matthew 11, but he he has every right to be all about himself because he is the essence and glory of life. Let's look at Luke 6.31 again, but through a different lens. Let's look at it through Galatians 6.1. If you are a born-again believer and you are in the walk of sanctification, I would hope 
you to believe you want to be called out on sin in a gentle way and then being pointed in the right direction. If that is so, do to others the same. I'm going to say that one more time just in case it didn't make sense. Luke 6.31 and connecting it with Galatians 6.1. If you are a born-again believer and you walk in sanctification, you're in that process. It is a slow process. The Holy Spirit is patient with us. He's not rushing us. And it's not because the Holy Spirit needs to honor us. That is isn't. That is not it. It is because that is just who he is. I would hope to believe you would want to be called out on sin in a gentle way and then being pointed in the right direction. If that is so, do to others the same way. Well, amen and amen, beloved. That is our sermon about unselfish love for the beloved and for those who are not in Christ, just doing what's best for them, whether it's lending money or, um, I don't know if you guys heard the story about me giving my friend Trey some clothes that I had because he didn't have a lot of clothes. I just wanted to bless him and encourage him and show the love of Christ. So the question that I have for you guys I have to I have to think of one because I didn't I didn't write it down here. So let me think. What is a question that I can ask you guys for those who are listening on Spotify? more comfortable about calling someone out on their sin in one-on-one private time? That's my question for you. And the poll that I'm going to give you guys, you can answer right down below if you're listening on Spotify, is have you ever had someone else do this to you, restore restore you in a spirit of gentleness um, when you do sin. You can answer yes, uh, no, or yeah, I think I could, I think those are really the only two answers, so <laughs> yeah. Alright, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much. Oh, wait, oh my gosh. I didn't share the gospel. Hold up. Can't forget that. Son of a gun. Where can I find it? Oh, here it is. Okay, there was a law that was given to God's people, the Israelites, which were written on literal tablets of stone, like literally. And God gave it through Moses after God led his people, the Israelites, out of the bondage and slavery in Egypt through King Pharaoh. Generation after generation, God's people, the Israelites, could not do what God commanded them. There were many kings who led over God's people. Many were righteous in the eyes of the Lord, but many were also evil. There then came the prophets sent by God who would give God's people and kings a message of many kinds. 
one of those messages recorded in Isaiah chapter 53, it talks about how there was a prophecy about a coming Messiah, someone who would save everyone from their sins, and that he came from the lineage and root and genealogy of King David that everyone would be saved from their sins and then be in right standing with God through this Savior. After all the turmoil of the law that brought forth death, Jesus came and started to proclaim the gospel. And it was said, repent and believe in the gospel, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Jesus also said, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Paul was a chosen man by God. He was an apostle, which in the Greek means a uh, sent one. And he says in Romans that we have all fallen short of the glory of God, that we are not morally good people. We are dead in our sins. But Christ came to redeem us from the curse of the law, the sting of death, to then make us in right standing with God. Jesus lived the life we couldn't live by being tempted by sin, but knew no sin, so that we would become the righteousness of Christ or of God through Christ. We're all sheep who have grown our own way, but God has caused the wickedness of us all to fall on him. So in essence, the bad news is we couldn't do what God asked us. We kept falling short generation after generation. But the good news is that Jesus finished it. He became a curse for us. And those who repent, which means to change one's mind, and then let it have its action by seeking God's will for your life and believe for the sacrifice Christ made for your sins. To trust in that. You are saved. Your name is found in the book of life. And you become born again. You receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, you are a new creation. The old spiritual state has passed away and behold, the new comes. Here are some scriptures that emphasize on what Christ has done. Galatians 3, 10 through 14, 2 Corinthians 5, 21, Isaiah 53, John chapter 3, and Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians, that's how you say it. I keep saying Ephesians. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that word right. Anyway, Lord, thank you so much for another episode Father, I really just confess my pride. I definitely got into that attitude in today's episode. I pray you'd cleanse me through your son. I wash my robe in the blood of Christ. I just leave it at the cross. I come to you boldly, Lord, asking for forgiveness. Give me confidence in your son. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray for those that just heard the message of the gospel and they've never heard it before, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit and bring any deliverance that they may need by your Spirit, God. I pray as my listener leaves, the one who is truly following Christ day in and day out, Holy Spirit, lead them, that they would walk in the Spirit, they would seek you and seek to what pleases you. Father, help me to do this as well. Father, help us in stressful moments when we're at work. Help us to be faithful with the gifts that you've given us. 
and let our intimacy with you grow as we prepare and put our hope in the second coming of Jesus Christ. In your name, Lord. Amen. All right. Um, next week, I was talking to God about this earlier, and I cannot remember what I wanted. I was like, Lord, I want to talk about this, and I totally forgot what it was. Um, crap. I can't think of it. I can't think about what I'm talking about next week. I'm sure the Lord will show me. Um, I just started reading Philippians. Just got done reading Luke. What a great book. It's probably one of my favorite gospels. Either Luke or John. I haven't read Mark. I'm not sure why, but reading Philippians now. Um, trying to find a different job. Uh, God has been really working on mental health issues with me and really just seeking the Lord. Um, just ask you guys to really pray for me. Um, I just, I just got off. You know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just share a quick story real quick. Um, my wonderful sister, Melinda, she just got married to a wonderful man named Mason who loves the Lord. And um, I'm just going to read a text that, you, that I got the next morning after the wedding from a pastor that I know. Um, let's see if I can find it real quick on here. Hang on a sec. Here it is. Okay. This was the morning after the wedding. Um, this is a guy... Uh, I'm not going to mention his name, but uh, he's a pretty well-known pastor uh, that I know. And uh, he just sent this text to me. He said, good morning, Josiah. I hope you're doing well today. I know it's not always easy to be uh, to be one who hopes to be married someday and see another of your siblings go through, this, go through the marriage process. God has perfect plans for you. Rest in that. I responded back uh, just after, and I said, good morning, John, or I just said his name, but anyway, sorry, I can't believe I just did that. Um, I said, this really touches my heart. It brought me to tears as I ironed some clothes this morning. I journaled last night and spent time with the Lord this morning, reflecting on all of this. Thank you for your love and your support. It really does help. And you just sent a thumbs up. So um, I'm just asking for you guys' prayers in this in particular. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you guys tonight. Um, I'm going to spend some time with the Lord tonight. But I'm really just wanting to truly find my my full joy and my full contentment and my full satisfaction in Jesus. Um, I've been praying about this and like in Revelation where it talks about finding our first love back to Him. Uh, not that, you know, that's the case for everyone because I think that'd be pretty arrogant, you know, um, to say, but I just really want to find my place in that. I want to be content in my singleness. I was on a couple of Christian dating apps called uh, Salt and Upward. Uh, Salt was a really good one. I was paying a subscription for it, and I had a few matches, but I just couldn't get a response back. And I'm like, Lord, I just feel like I just feel like I need to trust you and just get off of it and trust you that you will bring the right one. I talked to my mentor about this, and he was like, Josiah, I think your motives behind it were good. He's like, I, I think you um, are doing it to find the one if she's on there. He's like, I don't think that's a sin. I said, okay. But 
I just said either way, I just I just want to get off of it. I just want to focus more on God. Really just like focusing that verse on Hebrews about like uh he rewards those who diligent and earnestly seek him. So just doing that. Um, so I just ask for you guys' prayers in that. Um, I really, and I've been praying this over the whole body of Christ as well, that they would really just find their identity in the Son, in Jesus Christ, and just really rest in that and then let good fruit with good motives come from that. So. Hey, hey. So anyway, not sure what I'm talking about next week, but I'm sure the Lord will show me. Uh, I just got, I just moved over to YouTube as well. And uh, the first message that I came out with here on my podcast, on my podcast platforms, I just put on YouTube. And it was a message about understanding why God seems to look so different from the old and the new covenant. Um, God still had the same grace, the same wrath, the same, it's both, they're both the same God, uh, but uh, I just put that on YouTube, and I'm planning on putting every episode that I have, uh, every sermon that I have, um, here on my po- podcast platforms, and put them on a playlist on YouTube, uh, just so that it can reach more people and share the gospel more. So, thank you so much for listening to today's episode as we talked about unselfish love towards everyone and the beloved. This is your friend Josiah. God loves you.